Hey, you, listening to this podcast right now, do you ever think, man, there are so many kick-ass market research podcasts. I wish there was some sort of an award for them so I could go and vote for my favorite. Well, you're in luck. The Market Research Podcast Award is back. Vote for your favorite podcast in the insights industry and bestow upon them the title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open and you can submit your favorite podcast at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Submissions close on June 30th, 2021 and are followed by a round of voting. The winner will be announced in October at Greenbook's IIEX North America. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. With me today is Kay Bassey. She's a Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer over at Leaderology and wait till you get a load of some of the things that they're doing over there. But I will give you full disclosure, Kay and I are friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, we are. So we're going to have a good time today. But you know, how, how great is it when you have very, very smart friends uh, who are great colleagues? But let me tell you what she does over there. Kay actually provides counsel and insight to the Leaderology executive team, and she drives the marketing and strategic direction of the organization. She is really good at catching that idea and saying, how can we execute this? How can we make this a reality? How can we get what we do really in front of the people who this serves best? So that requires, of course, big picture thinking, but it requires execution. And obviously you can see why she and our friends, because everybody has a great marketing idea, but then you actually have to do it. So Kay, welcome to Pond from the perch. Thank you, Priscilla. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you and I could talk forever about almost anything. <laughs> but we really connected with each other over one fearless leader that we were listening to. And before we even start into some of my questions, you know, I I love the group that is at Leaderology, just some absolutely amazing, amazing and inspiring leaders. And I, I don't say that very lightly, but tell me about the one person that you identify as that fearlessly authentic leader that you would like to emulate. And I think that will give our audience really a taste of who you are. This is a, a big question right out the bat, Priscilla. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, are... I, I'm not going to make this easy on you just because we're friends, No, <laughs> no I, I, I can see that. I can yes. see that. You know what the interesting thing is that um, at the time, a fearlessly authentic leader that inspired me wasn't a leader. And a lot of times they're not, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're formally recognized as leaders. They are individuals, <laughs> strong individuals, courageous, brave individuals, not without fear, who, who step in and step up. And for me, it was um, Malala Yousafzai. Um, she is, you know, we, I think I've shared this with you in the past as well, which is she, at a young age, was a big advocate for education, girls' education. And it is a, it's, it's very, something very close to my heart. It's something I really Um, I'm passionate about. I think that the more education and knowledge we can give to our youth, uh, the greater the impact on our world, the greater the chance of peace, the greater the chance of innovation and and thinking and betterment. And 
you know, when you remove half the population and you reject them from education um, uh, disproportionately. So I think that what Malala did in such a young age to stand up for that um, in a war-torn country um, against regimes was incredibly brave. And she, I, I know that she had fear, but she leaned into it. And so my personal belief is that we should always be in the constant movement of learning hmm. we're, we're built for that from a young age to develop and learn and absorb information and so I am going to be a learner till the day I die and it's it's something that's very encouraging that she did for yeah. for, for our humanity Oh, I love it. And the thing is, I think this is why we connect so well and why I connect with your leader team that's there at mm-hmm. Leaderology is because it is always this very, very, very safe space to learn. Like mm-hmm. It is totally fine to come into a room without ego and say, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that so much. I can feel it, you know, when, mm-hmm. when I walk in and, and I also know that when you've been around someone who not only loves to learn, but also expects to be taught, mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's, there's really no, there's no limit there. So yeah. let, let's dive in and let's talk about what you're doing and let people know a little bit uh, more about you. So obviously this, this idea of fearlessly authentic leaders is something that is very much um, intertwined in the ethos and then the approach um, and in all the standard operating procedures over at Leaderology. But you work very closely with a lot of these leaders. And I guess I would like to hear from you, you know, after this very, very trying year, <laughs> very trying <laughs> yeah. uh, on so many fronts, what, what have you seen emerge from these leaders? What have you admired? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a, that's a, a great uh, question. And even your setup in terms of, it's not around our ego. It's uh, being fearlessly authentic is not a practice of arrogance, right? It is not saying, okay, you can like it or tump, lump it. This is who I am. It's, mm-hmm. it's more of practice of knowing who you are, knowing where you need to be. It's being authentic about that. It's uh, being fearless about that. And I'm not sure about years past, but I know for damn sure that 2020 has bred a lot of fearlessly authentic leaders. Mm. It's created this discord where we had to step in um, into that ambiguity um, with uh, courage, you know, and, and humility. Mm-hmm. In, in, the, in the midst of this chaos, what we saw was leaders that took charge. They were bold. Um, they were genuine with what they knew, what they didn't know. Uh, they led us through that ambiguity mm. and yeah. they led us through that chaos. They laid, they, a lot of leaders that were, uh, that I found to be fearlessly authentic uh, reached into their professional and personal network to help navigate through this. Like this was something that the world was experiencing together, but corporate America had not experienced something like this in a, I I don't know if they ever had. And so um, especially our HR client partners, I mean, the way they leaned into their network, the way they listened to their people was remarkable. Mm. And I think that not like I mentioned again, not all fearlessly authentic leaders have been formally recognized to be in leadership roles. Um, So I felt that fearless authenticity actually 
came out in bounds during the pandemic. But I also know that it can't thrive without psychological safety. Mm. And I think there's more room in corporate America for that. Well, tell me more about that, because that's something that we've not talked about on this show before. And um, and I think that's something that's easily said and just glossed over and like, oh, OK, yeah, OK, people need to be safe at work. What do you mean by that? And, mm-hmm. and, and why why do we need more of that? Yeah, I think, you know, psychological safety sometimes can become somewhat of a buzzword. And there is this also fear around the word, caution around the word safe. Can you really promote full safety. But psychological safety, I think, um, is really important when it comes to thriving fearless authenticity. And, you know, I'm going to geek out with you for a second okay, here. Go for it. Go for it. But, right, we so, like all of the same nerds, so go for <laughs> <yeah>. it. <laughs> I'm going to go way back. and I'm going to take you to Newton's third law. Right? Newton's third law of attraction says for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Well, same goes for the attraction between psychological safety and fearless authenticity. We have found, especially at Leaderology, this is our Leaderology's law of high performance, um, if you will. And it says that if we create a psychologically safe space, if we increase that where people can bring their authentic selves, they can bring their whole selves, they're not donning a corporate suit as they're entering the proverbial building. We recognize them as humans inside and outside of the organization. Um, the greater fearless authenticity can thrive. And what that does is bring along with it to that discussion table, openness to different ideas, there's diversity of thought. Now I'm not worried about how am I going to bring the right idea? I'm going to put an idea because there's safety that eventually we're going to get as a group to the right idea. And so um, whether you are a leader, whether you are a, um, an organization, whether you're a group of individuals, I think we have to be cognizant of how much psychological safety we're providing for that openness to ideas, for that diversity of thinking that results in, you know, greater innovation. It results in, um, I would say, like a reduced risk aversion. We're not fearing as much to, to go after something because we're all bought in. There's higher probability of change adoption. There's greater morale and job enrichment, all of that is driving that law of high performance. And that equation is so simple for us to really get our heads around. Right. But again, it's like one of those things that's so simple and that's why it's so complicated because you and I also come from a deep love of Brene Brown and, and, and Mm -hmm. grounded, you know, research um, around shame. But I agree with you about the innovation and about having more voices and that you don't have to have the right answer. And so when you feel that you do have this safe space to come to the table and speak up, then the amazing innovation happens and creativity happens. And we start we start reframing conversations even. It's very deep. But she talks about it a little bit more, too, in the sense of um, in creative environments, which obviously I'm very, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm very sensitive to thinking right. that, you know, artwork is so subjective, you know, and, and it is very hard as an artist, really. You think about everything that we do here in marketing, you know, you put really, you know, yourself out there, your talent, and and then what if someone doesn't like it, right? And we talk about it here at, you know, at Little Bird saying, work your work job, not your worth job. Mm -hmm. 
forth is really never, it's never on, on the line, right? But I want to hear a little bit more about how you guys actually integrate it. Because on one hand, really what, what Brene Brown is talking about is that when really we don't have that freedom and we, really it's based out of shame. And then so we start excluding people. We start excluding mm-hmm. thoughts and we start excluding um, whole groups of people. And obviously why you love Malala is like this idea of don't reject 50% just because they're women. This is, right. we have to participate. But shame really gets in and then it starts, um, it's entrenched in our society and it creates certain things. Well, so-and-so, like you said, they have to be recognized as a leader to speak mm-hmm. up and lead. No, they don't. They could be a child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But then also, then it gets ingrained in our work environment. And that really is the work of leaderology for you guys to come in and help HR and learning and development, you know, professionals help bring this, like this freedom across the organization so that you can, you know, take what's ingrained um, that is not working in their environment and undo it. So tell me mm-hmm. a little bit more about how leaderology does that or what, what's the, what are the conversations or even, you know, what are the different things from coaching to, you know, to real, you know, I, I don't even know, because I, I don't know exactly what, you know, how you would go about doing such a massive thing, which is basically changing an entire organization from the inside out. Yeah, it's transformational. Um, and that's why I love what we do at Leaderology, because it has just great chance of impact. So mm-hmm. you mentioned coaching, that is the very real way that we provide that. The truth is that, you know, there's always this saying that um, culture eats strategy for breakfast and, and leadership can eat culture for lunch. And so what that means is that it can all start with leadership. If you, you don't have to wait for the DEI um, committee or uh, <laughs> the, the belonging committee to, or the council at the top to help create that culture of creating diversity in thought and, and, and all of that, that people belong at the table to share their ideas. It all starts with leadership. It can start with leadership on the front line. And um, the way we go about it is sometimes it is with our HR business partners and clients bringing us in to help coach an executive who is about to um, take on a huge span of control. And that requires um, some leadership thinking and practices and systems that they can anchor their behaviors to. Um, And in, in creating that psychological safety just by how they lead and the act of leading rather than something that they apply ad hoc. And we also do that with our programs. So we have programs for anywhere from frontline all the way to, um, you know, the VP, um, you know, high enterprise level leaders Mm -hmm. um, to the C-suite. And so in our programs as well, we're always creating this kind of conversation to say, at our organization, given our organization's DNA, um, what is it that we can be doing to really bring in the leadership culture and values that we need to see? And believe it or not, uh, I would say 99% of the time, it all applies towards creating a culture that promotes that, that safety, that openness, and um, the authenticity that all these leaders want to be bringing their their best selves and so the best part is when we're doing the programs because now we're getting a cohort of leaders who 
perhaps we're not even working in each other's ecosystems. We may have sales and operations from an organization who were on different deferring heads. Sales was walking around, um, perhaps selling things that maybe operations couldn't deliver in that timeline, vice versa. And so now we have these this group together going through six months, you know, perhaps program, really sharing ideas, leaning on each other, knowledge sharing, problem solving, having authentic conversations, working on key strategic initiatives together that they may not have even partnered on. And that is where psychological safety can really come into play because it allows us as leaderology and our facilitators to lean back a little and allow the group and that for them to become, right. create the, the, the kind of psychological safe practice that they want to see. Multicultural research is a growing necessity for brands across the globe. Partnering with an agency that understands the nuance of this type of research is essential for accurate and useful insights. Horowitz Research is a full-service consumer market research agency that delivers insights that inspire change. With over 25 years of experience conducting multicultural research, they have the methodological expertise and experience to design and conduct representative research that is effective and efficient. Visit HorowitzResearch.com to learn more about how you can partner on your next multicultural research project. You said something there about frontline leadership, and I got to say, you and I had an interesting conversation a while back about uh, what happened in the pandemic and really who took the brunt of mm -hmm. the major difficulty, and that was the frontline uh, leadership um, and really frontline workers. And yeah. Leaderology really sprung into action and did some really interesting things there. So tell tell me about where that came from. What was the feeling on the Leaderology you know, leadership team to say, we got to help frontline leaders. We know how to do this. What happened there? You know, there was a, it was a really tough time for those on the front. Like when we know about first responders, we know about the, the, the deliveries. We know about the grocery stores, the retail stores, everything. The reason businesses could stay in operation were because of those on the front line. And um, they were, Place into this huge, again, ambiguous stage. It's kind of frenzy, this chaos. Um, and, and HR, our HR partners, I have to say, are huge champions of those on the front line. They, they care about their people, at least the ones we've been fortunate enough to partner with and, and talk with. So it came from, not, from what we saw take place as well as you know, being just so in tune with the voice of our customers. And, you know, I mean, when you look at kind of the infrastructure in an organization, think about a, a triangle that the, and cut into three segments. That bottom segment is the largest piece. That's where frontline sit. So you have this um, frontline employees who have leaders and they are crucial to the, the organization for us to be able to deliver on our strategy and they need development. Um, they are the ones who need to understand that whatever strategy you're setting at the top, how am I on my front line contributing to that? How am I living out your mission? How am I living out the company's values? How am I um, developing those so that we can then um, be change agents through this pandemic? And so through all of that, there are several initiatives. One I'm very proud of is our uh, Clarity Program 
which is really geared around uh, the frontline leader, um, giving them the leadership uh, tools and systems for them to, to grow and learn. And uh, we've done it in a way that it's a kind of a turnkey solution. We can deploy at Leaderology, but we also have created a train-the-trainer package that allows our HR partners to go and deploy internally. Because if you think about it, um, these frontline leaders, these store managers a lot of times are spread out throughout the country. We, it's difficult to bring them all together in a, uh, you know, several times uh, uh, once a month for six full days and trying to get them, pull them away from the, right. the, the front line. <laughs> from the line. front line. <laughs> They're exactly. the ones doing it, right? <laughs> exactly. So in, yeah. in this case, it was, we're like, what do we do to help develop and support these leaders? We create a fully virtual solution. Um, and we've partnered with HR and, and it's, I'm really proud of what we've put together and is already just um, showing so much uh, right. return for our clients. Yeah. But to see, that's, this is what's interesting. I like what you pointed out and everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I talk about um, ideal client personas all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you really hinted at it. You know that your most ideal client is an HR leader who really cares about their people yeah. and is saying, I want to develop you. I want to invest in you. And I care about the development over time of who you are and how you can contribute. And it's not this, oh, completely like everything for you. No, it is good for the company too. And it's this amazing mix, right? Yeah. I did think after we talked, I don't know, a couple months ago, we talked about some of this frontline leadership stuff. I remember seeing that Target commercial. I don't know if you saw it, but it really celebrated this one store manager. And she was like this frontline leader. And she's like, I get up early every morning. I make sure I've got all, I've cleaned all the carts. I've mm -hmm. done an extra, you know, like it was like, and she's like, and this is just how we're doing it. And it was just one store in California. And I thought Target, oh my gosh, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, they did. And I can yeah. see that that, you know, a program like Clarity is perfect for, you know, a company that really cares to say, it's not just because we want buy-in, but we also understand that these frontline people, if they're not living out the values of the company, then we are not living out the values of our company because right. they are the people who are interfacing mm -hmm you know, with, with right. your customers uh, day in yeah. and day out. That is so amazing. And I'm sure you get a lot of just personal satisfaction from seeing these large groups of, of, you know, of people becoming more professional and, and really getting the attention they deserve mm -hmm. that they, you know, that often only the people at the very top and the C-suite get this kind of really great right. leadership development. I think, I think the pandemic uh, brought to light the, the significance of the frontline worker and leader and the significance of HR and how much they deserve a seat at the strategy table because it it had it not been for HR navigating through this, you know, a lot of organizations may not be able to have the the, the appropriate response to the pandemic. And for the frontline leaders, I mean, I you said it perfectly, it's just the significance of them has been so so important but in from an organization perspective think about this you get the highest turnover at the front line right and a lot of times the reason we leave a job is because our relationship with our peers our relationships with our boss or our, our values don't line up with that of the organization now here is a cost reduction strategy <laughs> invest in your frontline leaders 
Right. And you'll be able to reduce turnover because they'll be able to have the tools to lead effectively. Oh, I cannot underscore that enough. And I know that these are some of the reasons why you like working at Leaderology, but I, I don't want, I want to go back and underscore something you just said, that the HR leaders need to be at the strategy table. And mm-hmm. often I have heard this in my own corporate, you know, uh, uh, life and, you know, from what I know of other peers and HR professionals is that many times they are pushed out of that room and they are left to develop people, but without having a say in the strategy um, and that, that just, I, I think there's nothing like a pandemic to make people say, oh, you know what, our HR people are really important. But let's talk uh-huh. about this in terms of something I heard this morning, actually on the news, about mm-hmm. how um, unemployment rates are back to what they were and even lower than pre-pandemic. And you and I, and actually um, uh, uh, Marissa Waldman mm-hmm. over at Leaderology, the three of us were talking the other day about this war on talent. And mm-hmm. on one hand, people were thinking, oh, people are out of a job now we're having this crunch and people are really going to have to compete for the best and brightest. So how does that mm-hmm. figure into what leaderology does and how, how you come alongside, you know, companies for leadership development? Yeah, I think there is absolutely a, a war on talent. Again, there was one before and talent won and we're, we're back at it. I think that this is a time for uh, organizations to take heed and listen to their HR leaders, their people and culture leaders, their talent management leaders, and invest in their talent management strategy because there is uh, going to be a scarcity from, from the reservoir that we're pulling from. You need to diversify, go to various pools, don't keep going back to the same well, get um, and people, as they're growing and, and developing their careers, want to go to organizations that are going to invest in them, that are going to invest in them as leaders. And that's going to be critical. It's going to be part of the strategy um, for a lot of organizations to invest in, in their people. Right. You know, and there's nothing like facing your own mortality to make you mm-hmm. like think about what's what what your life, what you want it to be. And I think everybody faced their own mortality yeah. this year, you know, in a way that, you know, collectively we have not done in the past. And so I do agree with that. I think people are going to come into their work life um, throughout 2021 and into 2022 saying, I'm going to reevaluate this. I'm giving someone the best of me and the most of my hours that I have. Is this worth it? Like, I think that people really high talent are not going to put up with being treated poorly. And I think that they are going to say, you know, I, I will even take a pay cut to go work for someone who treats me, gives me psychological safety, who treats me right, who wants to develop me as a person, as a leader. I think we're going to see that, you know, really, really come out. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the trend for um, this decade that we've embarked into is that by in the next four years, 75% of the workforce of of emerging leaders are going to millennials, going to be millennials and Gen Zs. And what we know about this, these two generations, they're more likely to invest in themselves. And sometimes that means saying bye bye to this opportunity and moving on to another because they saw their parents stay in, commit to one organization and at the end of it, either get laid off or not appreciated. And so they've taken charge of their career 
and they will they know that it is not all money is 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 green in the same way they will probably as i have seen it put va- a lot of value on their own development i totally agree and you said it earlier that people typically leave a company because they don't have good relationships with their coworkers with their management um and you know they're they're it's that experience right? right and i totally agree with that i don't think people leave about money hardly ever i think they leave when they lose respect for management Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or, or they, they're just, they're done. They're like, it doesn't, yeah. there's no amount of money that will get them. Right. To stay, right? It's not because my company does, has, doesn't have a wellness room, <laughs> you know, like, or a meditation a room. That's room. not a nap room. It, it's not because of that. Um, uh, well, we're is. not installing our ping pong table here either. So <laughs> it's never about that stuff, is it? it? It's just always about this deep respect of who you are as a human. Yeah. Yeah. That's at the core of really, really developing, mm-hmm. you know, future leaders. Okay. I got to end on this. Listen, you and I are always busy. We struggle to get on the phone together, but here we are doing our podcast finally, <laughs> but <laughs> you are also an executive coach yourself. I mean, you not only lead this strategy in the marketing over at Leaderology, but you also still are involved in coaching people. So I don't know how you fit that in number one, um, <laughs> but number two, you know, is there a reason why you still do that despite the fact that it is very hard to fit in what what's going on with that with Kay the coach oh wow I love that um you know at my core I am a coach so it feeds me like it really feeds me and it feeds into everything uh, I do and, and can do you know coaching oftentimes is seen as you know someone's giving you advice and it's not advising a lot of times coaching is questioning a good coach asks good questions they're listening, they're hearing, they're getting curious, right? Um, they're listening for what has meaning. And that once they've, they've listened and they're questioning, curious, they're able to play back and say, did we get this right? And I think that is what we need to do as, um, as leaders, as marketers, as strategists, ask questions, get curious, learn, and then see what the right go forward plan is going to be. And so I love the, that coaching seeps into everything I do. Um, I make it intentional because I think that that is part of a big value of mine, which is to um, add value um, in every interaction. And coaching allows people to share what they're, they're saying, but also what they're not saying. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't do it enough. <laughs> Oh, I love that. But you know what, in coming to that, that's, that's interesting because the coaching kind of is that piece that often the higher ups get, but the fact that you've made such a point amongst your team to really be sure to focus on the front line and have people understand that leadership development happens everywhere across the spectrum in an organization, Mm -hmm. or it doesn't exist, right? Because if you're not bringing everybody there, then, then let me assure you, you're not going there. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Let me backtrack one, one piece just about clarity in case anybody who is listening really wanted to hear more about that. Obviously they can go visit leaderology.com, which by the way, fantastic website. I'm very jealous. It's very nice. (laughs) And that's a big compliment coming from me, you know? So um, I, that's super great. And I know you have, you know, the actual, um, you know, the full spectrum of what you guys do. 
but specifically about clarity, because I do think it is so poignant right now. And this is really the issue why I asked you on, because so many people are struggling with this frontline issue. Where mm-hmm. can they learn more about the clarity program, whether they do it themselves or they bring you guys in to do it? Yeah. One thing I learned from you, Priscilla, uh, a few months back was Bitly. And so we actually have a Bitly um, <laughs> clarity for leaders. So, so you actually um, listened. That's yeah, very you good. You <laughs> gave me a great nugget. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's clarity for leaders. Very awesome. easy to find. Okay. Well, you look it up then. So it's bit.ly forward slash. And you said clarity for leaders. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So go check that out and go learn about what, what that is. Maybe that's something, if you're on the front line, maybe you can knock on the door of your HR department and say, Hey, you know, we could use this. If you're in HR and you're thinking, gosh, I, how can I invest in a way that really makes sense to keep the continuity here? This could be for you too, but I really encourage you go visit leaderology.com. They provide really great stuff on social too. And, uh, and, and the writing's fantastic. But for me as a CEO, I, I have too much going on. And so this, just this idea that there are standard operating procedures that someone has already thought through the whole, (laughs) what needs to happen next. That's such a huge relief. So, and Kay, I don't know why it took so long for you to get on Ponderings from the first, but but thanks for coming on. And I really, uh, you know, I really can't wait to hear more about, you know, how coaching progresses as we do come out of this pandemic a little bit differently, but more than anything, I'm just, I'm so privileged to be a friend and a colleague with you that where we, you know, you mentioned this about, oh, a great coach actually listens. Well, a great colleague really listens mm-hmm. and, 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 and can, you know, you often have fed back a good question to me and said, well, have you ever looked at it this way? For <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you should do this for a living, Kay. <laughs> right back at you. It's been, it's been so fun. And, you know, this is what happened. You, you, you lean into your network, you learn new things, you get curious. And so I've had the pleasure of learning so much from you and, um, Actually, the, just your entire source system process that we've incorporated into our um, infrastructure and our and marketing has been uh, phenomenal. It's been groundbreaking. I think I learn something new every time we engage with uh, with you and Little Bird Marketing. Well, it only took us years and years of being friends. <laughs> <laughs> We finally but got there. It was bound. It was bound to happen. And the, the funniest thing, just in full disclosure, the funniest thing is we met at, when you were at a company that was never going to invest in you like this. And this is yeah. so funny is that now you're at a place and it just might just so makes me so happy to know you're at a place where people really respect what you do and what you know, and, and that you're able to really bring your whole self to it. So Kay, I, thank you thank so you. much. <laughs> thank you so, so much. This was really fun. Good. Well, go check her out on uh, on LinkedIn. It's K-K-A-Y and it's Bassy, but it's B-A-S-I. So go connect with her on LinkedIn. Ask her a few questions if you like. She's, uh, she's super approachable. So, and from all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day. And as always, happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.